everybody. Welcome back to the We Stay Wild podcast. This is your host, Shelby Ladewig, and today we are here with episode five. So if you've been listening to my past podcast, I've mentioned bringing on a super special guest, and today is the day. We are going to be talking plastics with my best friend and my sister, Samantha Ladewig. Here she is. Hello. <laughs> You probably think we're the same person at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, our voices are very similar, so I guess we'll try to speak a little separately or make sure there's pauses in between. Yeah. We'll, (laughs) (laughs) we'll, We'll do our best for sure. But we wanted to come on here and I want to introduce my sister. She is currently pursuing her PhD in the study of microplastics and I figured no better of a person to come on and speak about plastics than someone who is actually studying them. So, here we are. Let's break down plastics. That is, conceptually. So my first thing, Samantha, or Sammy, is what is plastic? Like, what, how were plastics made? Yeah. Um, So plastic is basically fossilized carbon. It's something that we get down we get from down deep in the ocean, uh, ocean. well, maybe, um, past the, sur- the um, Earth's crust, and we pump out this oil basically to use for um, fossil-fueled energy sources. And then in that whole production process, you actually get something, a byproduct that is what we make plastic products out of. So plastic water bottles, bags, whatever it may be, ultimately are fossilized carbon. Things that have been baking underneath the earth's crust for millions of years. And what was your second question? The next question was why was plastic made and what is it good for? So I think the first plastic item and this is not mass production, this is just like first creative thing, was actually a cue ball for a pool table. And this is back in like the 1920s or something. And it was something about how it was a more, it was a better resource than ivory because there were environmentalists also concerned about um, using too much ivory from elephants and, you know, Um, using them for that resource and cutting off their tusks so they wanted something else and I guess ended up using plastic for the cue ball instead of ivory was fine Um, I may have this a little bit this story a little bit wrong but I just I don't know I kind of found that interesting that we we do care about the earth collectively and we want to protect our resources but sometimes we those solutions we come up with end up creating their own problems. And that's why it's healthy to have a balance of sorts. So, yeah. Yeah. With plastic, um, we started mass producing, gosh, in the uh, 1950s, maybe even before then. And then um, we didn't start sustainably cycling them back until the 1980s and so there's this huge gap of mass production of plastic just skyrocketing and 
We use them for a number of things. The medical field, it's super critical. We use them there just to keep things clean and not pass infections along. So we need single-use products for those type of reasons. But then it's just kind of like gotten out of control to the point that plastic is leaving its intended area in our world and going out into the environment, getting ingested by sea turtles, whales, and uh, a number of other creatures just suffering from ingestion, ingestion and, um, and entanglement. And yeah. yeah. There are a lot of ways that plastic can be really bad for the environment, which we're going to get into. But first, I want to elaborate on why it's it's good for some reasons. Like Sammy said, it's great for the medical field because it's sterile. But it's also great for a lot of other reasons, like transportation, because it's lightweight. So you can transport a lot more containers and items than you could in metal or glass, which means, you, which means that... You also cut down on emissions of transportation, so less heavier trucks or planes, so less fuel that's needed to take these things places. And it does last a long time, mainly odorless. But the only problem is, like Sammy was saying, is that it's, it's going past what it's intended for, and it's being mass-produced so much that it's, it's affecting our environment. And that brings me around to my next question is, why are plastics bad and what are ways to reduce your consumption of plastic? Yeah, so, okay, so we've gotten into the aspect of how it can be ingested and entangled and entangle some animals. So it can go past that. Um, it, uh, and the way that, that this happens is, um, through the chemicals that it transports as well. So in the production process, it actually gets injected with additives. BPA might be one that you're familiar with, but actually there's a ton of additives out there that they use for plastics integrity and durability as it carries out the life of the product. And, um, and we know that BPA and other additives are actually disruptive to endocrine systems which are your hormone functions so um, it can it can really disrupt the function of those and uh, with well with enough of it uh, right you need um, the right load for that um, but another thing about plastics is they are lipophilic and lipo just means something oil like philic means they love it so they're gonna absorb oil like things versus water-like things. And these oil-like pollutants that you find out in the environment are pesticides or just contaminants that um, are really not good for the body to be ingesting. So when you ingest these plastics, you ingest that fossilized carbon molecule we spoke about, but you also ingest the additives and any environmental contaminants, including heavy metals that may have absorbed from the environment at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is actually crazy. I To get back to what you're saying about endocrine disruptors, I have been seeing this natural doctor for a while, and he told me a story about how he was seeing a bodybuilder because they were having a huge drop in their testosterone levels, and they couldn't understand why. 
and the source of his problem was actually because he was meal prepping and he was putting all of his food that he prepped into plastic containers then whenever he went to go eat and reheat the meal the plastic was being leached into his food which was actually he was then ingesting and it was infecting it was affecting his hormones and affecting his quality of life and the way he could perform bodybuilding and it's crazy to think that just one simple plastic container uh reheated multiple times leached into your food can actually change the way your body functions yeah I think an important an important point to point out is that um, plastic doesn't actually break down back into its carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen elemental form. It stays this long chain carbon molecule for a very long time. And we don't know how long these plastics will last out in the environment. And there have been some tests that they do degrade to some form, whether that's um, it just breaking apart into smaller pieces of plastic or whether that is it's actually um, losing some R groups on the end of the plastic molecule so the carbon molecule so um, that or it's losing the additives that were injected um, things like this it does break down to some extent but not not the way that that um, these more natural easily broken down carbon forms that you find out in the environment like plants or animals they they break down more naturally the enzymes are available there are some enzymes that's an interesting topic there are some enzymes out there for plastic de decomposition and um, they're found in some crazy organisms like deep sea jellyfish some worms and there's bacteria and fungi that also gain energy for, from these molecules but we're still diving into what that means and can we mass produce some sort of remedy for this plastic obsession that we have yeah that's really cool that the earth is once again solving our problems um, that we brought upon but there's always a circle in life and that's what's really cool so back to the second part of that question what are ways to reduce our consumption of plastic every day what would you suggest what are the most easiest cool yeah so i think most people would be familiar with switching from a plastic water bottle to a reusable water bottle and from the plastic grocery bags you find at the store into reusable grocery bags and I totally think that those kind of efforts and number of other ones that you do in your daily life um, are going to help because you're the consumer and you have the power. The producers are nothing without you. So if you can stop buying or you utilizing the product then we can cut the unnecessary plastics out of our life. And we're not here to tell you that we don't need plastic because there are, like we said, important parts of it of our life that we do need it in, like the medical field and so on. But if we can cut out the areas that we don't need it in, then we'll cut out a lot of the plastic that we see out in the environment and actually make this managing job easier for us to handle. And we can maybe then cycle plastics fully uh, back to something else that they can be 
used for rather than going into the environment. Yeah, 100%. Um, yep, those are great examples that I for sure would have said as well. And so now that we've kind of covered what plastics are from like the molecular standpoint, uh, why they're good, why they're bad, ways you can reduce your uh, footprint, I want to let Samantha, Sammy, Sam, talk about what she's doing in her PhD or just kind of like give an idea and uh, give a little bit more in her background of what she's doing because it's really cool and she's super awesome and smart. So <laughs> here you are. Thank you. <laughs> um, cool. So earlier we spoke about how plastics don't break down completely, but they do break down to some extent and they become smaller pieces. And um, this is the size uh, that my research focuses on. We call them microplastics in the scientific world. And these are pieces of plastic that are five millimeters all the way down to uh, one micron. And these plastics are tiny. Some of them you can see if you put on the tip of your finger. And some of them you need a microscope to see. They're just that small. Um, and this is from bottles, bags, whatever product it may be, breaking down while it gets into the environment it just becomes pretty brittle and, and breaks apart, right? Um, or it can be from your clothing. A lot of our clothing is made up of something called polyester, which is a plastic. There's also other types of plastic fibers out there that are nylon, rayon, things like this. And when you wash your clothes, actually, you get about 1,900 fibers per garment that you put into the load. So you probably put like something 20 garments or 30, however it may be, depending on the size of the garments. And just time set by 1,900 fibers. By the end of your wash, you've just got thousands of fibers coming out. Shelby's doing the math now. <laughs> 38,000 plus fibers per load of laundry. Um, and then you put them in the dryer and depending on how good your lint filtering system is, ultimately your lint is whatever fibers came off your clothes. Some dryers just go straight through the wall out into uh, outside of the house and that can disperse fibers out into the atmosphere actually. So we get fibers going out into the atmosphere or into our wastewater treatment plants. They're too small to be collected by a lot of the filters on the treatment plants so they can bypass that and go straight out into the environment or they get collected in what's called a flocculation process at the treatment plant and that's basically particles just being um, spun about in the water and they they just kind of attract to each other and then stick to each other fall out and they can separate that what they call sludge from the water and that sludge is very nutrient dense. They take that and that goes to some sort of agricultural land because it's got a lot of nutrients and then they use it there to grow the crops and it then rains and you can see those fibers making their way from the agricultural spot they were used for there and down into um, rivers and streams via runoff from the rain. So the one more way you can get microplastics are actually from the production 
process that we do. So we actually don't do it anymore in the United States. And as of this year, yeah. Um, or New Zealand where I study, we can get into that. And then also in the UK and some other countries around the world as well. These are just the ones on the forefront of my mind. So, um, no more there, but what they're called are microbeads and they're put into, um, personal care products like face wash, toothpaste, even deodorants and lotions, body scrubs. And it's just so you have this abrasive, uh, particle there that can be used as a scrubber and clean your skin off right but we've been using natural products even before plastics came about so coconut husk and uh, seeds and sea salt sea salt even those are great scrubbers so it um, you can check your products at beat the bead beat the micro bead maybe it's something like that dot com and um, you can check whatever product you're using but if you're in those three countries I listed, they shouldn't be for sale anymore um, or they're not in production anymore, one of the two. So, yeah. Um, and then that leads me into what I'm doing. So those are microplastics. That's how we get them. And as I spoke before, these are carbon. So they themselves are interactive with the, the environment and the chemicals that they carry are too. So then being out there, being ingested, uh, secreting their chemicals into the environment are causing effects. And my research group is looking at the extent of these effects at the ecosystem level. We've studied, um, not my group specifically, but well, part of them actually, the literature, what I mean, is heavy on how my how plastics affect organisms and um, start. They're at the starting point in the literature of saying how they affect the environment, but collectively they haven't put together how they affect the ecosystem wholly. And we've got a lot of lab studies looking at this um, to see how microplastics are changing ecosystems and that's really great but we've not really grasped the environmental relevancy of it so what's actually happening out in nature are plastics changing the way that the ecosystem works and what i mean by this is our ecosystems provide us more than just um something to to go out and be a part of to uh, have recre recreation in and wonder about and enjoyment it provides us more than that it provides us with the oxygen that we breathe it provides us with good quality food and water and my project is looking at how microplastics in the environment are ultimately changing this and having an impact so i'm looking at how plastics change what we call them ecosystem function, which is primary production. Um, so oxygen outputs from the environment and then carbon and nutrient cycling. So how the earth completes cycles of the materials that are there because there's this balance of building up things. So a plant is created and then breaking the plant back down after it's been creative and it's, it's a cycle. and. Um, we're seeing evidence in laboratory research research that plastic is somewhat interrupting it and having a role in these processes. So 
Yeah, so when it's all said and done, they're looking into science that could possibly change the world and just really help the way we move forward with plastic. And um, that's all that really can be said right now, but it's really cool. And um, I'm super proud of my sister. Hmm. But thank you. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I know we are um, we're going to create a website for you soon where everyone can go and see all your resources and all your publications. Oh, yeah. But yeah. for now, um, if anyone wanted to contact you or to learn more or anything how could how could they yeah uh so i'm on facebook you can find me through shelby's friends um or just samantha ladowig there's a lot, actually a lot more samantha ladowigs out there than i realize um, we'll go ahead but, we'll link that below her okay. her facebook and uh you can also find me on instagram at crafty upcycling where i have turned some useless products around the house into more useful functioning materials that we enjoy to look at too so that's kind of a hobby of mine but um if you have any questions about what we spoke about today my research or even studying abroad um because i'm working on this in new zealand not at the moment but soon <laughs> again yeah, that that's honestly something really significant that we kind of skipped over so she's getting her phd which Awesome, but she's doing it at the University of Auckland in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I have a pretty phenomenal group that's there, and that's why I went there in the first place. Um, I enjoy the research group I'm with and the project that we're on, and I love living over there. It's such a beautiful country, and if you ever get the chance to live abroad, just travel in general. It's so good for you the soul the body the mind all aspects and um i've grown a lot and i think shelby has too and she's spoken about it on her podcast as well so heck yeah i will preach travel till the day i die <laughs> it's so spectacular <laughs> me too <laughs> but yeah so if you have any more questions about what she's doing uh, don't hesitate to reach out find her on social media or just contact me and i can point you in her direction is there anything else you would like to add or not really um thanks for having me on the podcast really enjoyed it yeah thanks for coming on and thank you all so much for tuning in to episode five which is us breaking down plastics not literally because you know we don't want to create any more microplastics than the ones that are already out there <laughs> but yeah i hope you learned something and i hope you are inspired to reduce the amount of plastics you use and if you aren't already following us on Instagram or Facebook, you can find us at We Stay Wild Official, or you can go ahead and check out our website at WeStayWild.com. Follow my sister Samantha um, on Facebook. I'll link everything down below. But if you aren't already following me, your host Shelby Ladwig on Instagram or Facebook, you can find me at Shelby.Ladwig. So thank you all so much again, for real. And um, don't forget to uh, reduce your plastic consumption. Love yourself, love the earth, and stay wild. Mm -hmm.